Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, are you going to make it through the whole show this week? <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, you know what? I just got back from Steelers Nation Radio, and I had to bail out on them, too. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, today, Matt, we are going to answer some listener questions. We are three weeks now into the NFL regular season. And, and a lot of things have changed. Every offseason, I take for granted that we we know exactly what these players are going to be worth. We know who is going to perform, who is going to disappoint. And then the season starts and, and everything is thrown out on its ear and, and just everything changes so quickly. Three weeks in, we've got a new set of stud players whose value is just skyrocketing. We've got players that we're ready to give up on, including some of the biggest names in Dynasty football it really, it really is crazy. You, you can't sleep on your dynasty team ever. No, you're 100 percent right, and it, it's a, you know, I'm about to do my locked on NFL podcast as soon as we're done here too, and I'm going to do power ranks. I know this isn't really exactly what you're asking, but I usually do them every other week, and I'm going to torment myself and do them this week because I have no clue. I'm just going to stir the pot. I mean, week three was unbelievable. All the upsets. It was the, one of the strangest weeks. I've seen in a long time, you know, there was a lot of home dogs and most of them won the Jets won, you know, the bears beat the Steelers Jacksonville blows out the Ravens. Uh, And my thoughts on it are, I'm not going to overreact, you know, that just like in dynasty, we've been spending six months since the super bowl analyzing these teams and players. And just because things went bonkers for one week, I'm not going to say all of a sudden, I got to change my tune on some of these guys. I think that's a really good point and, and good advice. And it, it does translate to the NFL. I, I was speaking more uh, from a fantasy football perspective, from a dynasty perspective, and, and we'll get into some of these specific players in a few minutes. We had some great questions on some of the biggest stories, biggest players through these first three weeks, but it's the same thing in the NFL. We thought we knew what exactly what was going to happen with all these teams. We thought we knew who would be good, who would be bad. There was talk that the, the Patriots would go undefeated and they lose on, on the, the very first game of the season. And, <laughs> right. and then, and then nearly lost again in week three to a rookie quarterback. So I certainly still think they're, they're very good, probably the best in the, in the NFL, but there's really been no, no dominant team through these first three weeks. So I'm, I'll be interested in ch- to check out your power rankings and see how you see things. And it's, they're not going to be easy. And I'm not going to be very accurate. <laughs> I can pretty much tell you that. <laughs> it, it, it would be tough to be this early. And as, as much as we're talking about things changing in these first three weeks, they will change even more over the next uh, 13 or 14 weeks. Let's get started with our questions. Uh, first one comes from Adam asking about the specific value of a couple of players, uh, wide receivers that I see rising in value. The first one is Marquise Lee. Uh, we know, of course, uh, the Jaguars lost Allen Robinson uh, early in week one. Lee was thought to be the big beneficiary there. He's he's seen some good volume as far as targets, but he's only the wide receiver 34 over the past two weeks, including this this game uh, Sunday where they, they put up a ton of points. So, yeah, I mean, maybe he, he's a guy you want. How much are you going to pay for somebody putting up 
low end wide receiver three production, would you give a second rounder to get Marquise Lee on your team? I don't know. I mean, I'd have to be, I'd have to be in a situation where I'm pretty light at receiver, but I think I can still compete this year and he would start for me, you know, like uh, it for him to be my fifth receiver or sixth receiver, just to have him, probably not because I mean, I was told, and who knows, this could change, that if Robinson stayed healthy, they were going to franchise him. Lee is also a free agent, and what's the chances of them bringing both back? Would it be better if he left town? Maybe, you know, but he could end up in Chicago, or who knows? I mean, maybe, you know, guys that are free agents to be are hard for me to invest in. Yeah, that's a good call. I guess my concern with Lee, if if you're thinking about, buying him in a dynasty league. Like you said, it would have to be a situation where you would start him. You're just not, you're not going to just buy him for depth. And if the price point is a second rounder, I'd rather buy Larry Fitzgerald. I'd rather buy Pierre Garcon. You know, I think other guys, other guys that are probably in that second round valuation when you're talking about future rookie picks. And, And even if I had to add a little bit, to a second rounder to get those guys. I still trust them way more than Marquise Lee. So he, he's just not really a player I would be targeting. Uh, the other one. And those, those guys you mentioned are a lot more startable, you know, like in the situation I mentioned, I'd much rather check the box on Larry over Marquise Lee week to week. It, yeah. Yeah. Right. Jacksonville note. Are you running to your wa- waiver wire right now for Mercedes Lewis? <laughs> I'm not at all. We we got I, I think we got uh 50 something questions and none of them were about Mercedes list. Um I was impressed. I don't know if you watched the pregame coverage of that uh, London game, but MJD for NFL Network was asked who's going to be the the difference maker in the game and and he said Mercedes Lewis, of course, a former teammate of his. Probably buddy. Yeah, he got questioned on it and you know the comment was, you know, he he hasn't made a catch all year hadn't recorded a catch all season <laughs> and he, he was like i've got a feeling and sure enough three touchdowns later mjd looked pretty smart um no i mean i, I would add lewis but yeah running to the waiver wire no way if waivers run in my leagues on wednesday night and he doesn't get picked up then yeah i'd grab him for free and see what happens, but no, probably not. Uh, The other guy Adam was wondering about, I I do think has some legitimate value and and is gaining value and could be a good weekly starter. Adam Thielen uh, had a big week one, quiet in week two when they made the quarterback change with Bradford Hurt and then bounced back in week three. He is currently the wide receiver seven on the season. So certainly uh, looking like a reliable weekly starter. I think it would take more than a second rounder to get Thielen, uh, though I don't know if I want to give a first rounder for him. What are, what are you thinking? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm a very much a believer. I want him on my team. I think that offense is only going to get better. They were impressive this past week, and I think he's going to be a major target. I think they're constructed much better than they've ever been. But I can't give you a first for him. I mean, could I, could you give up? I don't know. I mean, a, a player who's worth a third or a second and a second for him. Yeah, I think yeah, maybe, that seems reasonable. I think maybe one of these, um, one of these high upside rookies who hasn't really done anything yet, and and a second rounder, Chris Godwin and a second rounder, Taewon Taylor and a second rounder. I think that that might get it done, depending on mm-hmm. the team makeup. Of course, if the 
Thielen owner in your league is a contender, there's little motivation to make that move. But I, that's kind of one other. That's kind of where I see his value right now. Yeah, I think that's a good call. You know, like a, a Godwin in a second, something like that for a rebuilding team. Um, one other Vikings receiver note that I just want to make while we're talking about them. Michael Floyd's due back soon. And somebody close to the team told me Floyd is going to surpass Treadwell very quickly as the third guy. So Treadwell looks bad. I mean, I think he's a bust. I hate to say it because I like them a lot, but I, I think he's a bust. And they they said Floyd was great in the in in camp. Yeah, I kind of wrote I, I kind of wrote Floyd off, honestly. Even even after he landed in Minnesota and and we learned that a team was willing to take a chance on him. Uh, I still didn't really value him at all. Um, and, and I don't know, I don't know how much we should value him. If he's the third wide receiver in Minnesota and he's behind Phelan and Diggs and Rudolph and, um, you know, McKinnon or cook, whoever's going to see targets out of the, out of the backfield. I don't know. He's he's probably worth a roster spot, but that's that's about it. The question maybe maybe the more important question is is Treadwell worth a roster spot at this point? I I have seen him dropped in uh, some shallow leagues, but yeah, it <laughs> that's a tough one. Uh, he's he's still not seeing targets this year. My logic behind that was basically kind of like you said. Maybe somebody will take Treadwell off your hands, and you can still get some return for him because at least he's seeing the field. And if Floyd's free on the free agent market and you have a spot, grab him. Next question comes from Cody. He says, what's a fair price to ask for or to ask in return for Hunter Henry? Of course, we've seen Hunter Henry with a big week two, very nice game in week two, week one and week three. He didn't even see a target. Uh, I do not know what to make of that. Uh, Really, really surprised by it. I, I guess I, I kind of brushed week one off as a fluke, but now that it's happened again, not even drawing a target is, is really hard to believe. You know, he's the guy who everyone pegged as the tight end breakout. He was the tight end. He was as high as the tight end four in our uh, DLF dynasty ADP, which now just looks ridiculous as, as many thought it would. Um, He's fallen back a little in our latest data and is sure to fall some more. I don't know if now is the time to trade him. Cody mentioned specifically maybe asking for Jack Doyle and something else. I I don't even know if you can get Jack Doyle for him right now. Yeah, his stock can't be lower. I mean, tar- no targets. And I thought he was going to have a good year. Um, maybe he will. I mean, he was all right in week two. I kind of think I'd rather be the buyer of Henry right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um and there, there's a lot of players like that. We can get into a few of those later. But um, if you find the Henry owner in your league panicking and you mm-hmm. can you can buy at a big discount, then you've got to do that. There, there's no reason not to. Now, if the price is still a high second rounder, I'm probably not buying. But if I can get him for, you know, a, a veteran type tight end, I don't know. Maybe I would give Doyle. Would you rather have Doyle or Henry? I'd rather have Henry still. Uh, yeah. I was sitting there saying, I was about to say, I'd give you Doyle and a three for Henry. Yeah. Um, and if you had a really good team and you were been counting on Henry as your starting tight end, and I had an older dude, although a couple of those guys are hurt, maybe I could send you Bennett or Jordan Reed or something like that for Henry in a second or something like that. 
really though, when you think about the tight end landscape, it's rough. It's rough. I mean, if you look at the yeah. top 10 based on ADP heading into the season, three of them are rookies. One of those guys basically is, is playing pretty well so far. Uh, one or two, depending on what you think of Njoku. He has a couple touchdowns, but but that's it. Mm-hmm. So you've got three rookies. You've got Hunter Henry doing almost nothing. You've got Eifert hurt. You've got Reed hurt. No surprise on either one of those. Ertz is going crazy. Gronk is is being <laughs> being typical Gronk. But uh, yeah, really tight end overall is is kind of a mess right now. So back to Cody's question, Doyle and not much more. I mean, if you can get Doyle in a second, I would take that. Other than that, I'd probably hang on to Henry, maybe even buy Henry. Pretty yeah, I'd offer you Doyle in a third. Yeah. Next question comes from Colton, and this has been a popular topic. He says, if you're an Amari Cooper owner, what's the move? Are you keeping? Are you trading? Uh, Cooper has been has been pretty bad. You know, I, I love Cooper as much as anybody. Uh, the season started for him in week one with multiple end zone targets, which looked like a good thing, even though he had a couple drops on those. He had a nice week one statistically, and, and since then has fallen back with, with two poor weeks in a row. He's the wide receiver 51 in fantasy right now, not even inside the top 50. Wow. And I believe on uh, Sunday night, he only had one reception. He's another guy that I, I, I'm seeing some people panic on. I saw somebody trade him for uh, Corey Davis even up. I saw some other wow. trades similar to that where people are basically devaluing him uh, based on these three games and more specifically the past two games. So I don't think now is the time to sell Cooper. Definitely not. He, he's still – right. He's still, what, 23 years old. I don't, I don't think this is a panic time. I do think you've got to look at look at him and, and make some choices on starting him week to week. I don't know that he's an automatic start, which has to hurt his value, but he's not a guy I'm I'm dumping just to get off my roster as quickly as I can. Not not at all. No, that's for sure. I mean, and I still think he's an automatic start too. And I know he's been bad. The drops have been a huge problem for him. And Cook has taken a piece of the pie. And this last week though, Kind of like I said to start the show, like forget week three ever happened with Amari. I mean, that was a nightmare. That's not going to happen to the Raiders again. I mean, I think him and Crabtree combined for like two catches. That's not going to happen again. I mean, that was a a terrible nightmare scenario. I would put an offer in for him. I'd gladly take him off your hands. I thought he was a little overrated to begin the season. I mean, he was always your guy, but no way do you trade him now. Yeah, I, I have moved him down uh, in my rankings, but he was he was wide receiver three though, so he was. He mm-hmm. was just about as high as you could get uh, in dynasty rankings. Now he's my wide receiver six, which I think is is probably more reasonable. Some people would still think that's uh, maybe too high. But we had but we got a couple of fun scenarios here in these next couple. Of yeah, we had him. several Amari Cooper questions. We'll try to get to each of those. The next one comes from Michael. He says, "I know he's young with upside, but is Amari Cooper a hold?" We already addressed that. Yes, yes, yes I think he is. But then he's got an interesting trade question. Would you move him for Joe Mixon and A.J. Green? Yeah, he's a hold if if the Sharks are swimming and every everybody, you know, people are trying to buy for a random future first or the wide receiver 25 and a second round or something like that. Sure, he's a hold at that point. But at this price, Mixon and A.J. Green, I mean, that that's a price I would, would have taken 
preseason, offseason, pretty much anytime. pretty much anytime. In the best case scenario, Green is ranked or valued right behind Cooper. And I think most people would see those two flip-flopped right now that that Green has the more uh, has more value. And then if you're getting Joe Mixon on top of that, then that that makes that a pretty easy trade to accept. So yes, Cooper's a hold in in most cases. But if you can get Mixon and, and Green, you've got to go for that. Easily. And I think Mixon's in the process now of becoming the true starter. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I think we saw the beginning of that uh, on Sunday with with the change at offensive coordinator. Mixon really dominated those, those backfield touches for Cincinnati. Next question, one more for uh, related to Amari Cooper. And this is... This is the comparison that I've seen several times over the past couple of days. Eric wants to know in dynasty, Amari Cooper or Stefan Diggs. So I already mentioned that Cooper is the wide receiver 51 through three games. Stefan Diggs is the wide receiver one through three games with two really just really dominant games week one and week three. One of those, of course, with Bradford and one with Case Keenum. Uh, I think after his week two stinker, a lot of people were worried if Bradford doesn't come back, maybe this is some kind of lost season. Maybe he can't perform or Keenum can't get him the ball. So all that is is gone now after their week three game. I, I mentioned that I moved Cooper down. He's my wide receiver six. I moved Diggs up just like everybody else is in their dynasty rankings. And he's my wide receiver seven now. So I, I essentially hmm. see them as a toss up. I would still prefer Cooper though, but I, I, it's hard to argue uh, against the dig side. What about you? Yeah, I still want Cooper and they are obviously trending in massive different directions, but I think that'll correct itself. I mean, I guess my question to you is what are you willing to give me with digs for Cooper? Not much, huh? Yeah, not much. I mean, I think a second rounder is, is kind of the tops. You're certainly not getting digs in a first rounder. No way. No, right. And a lot of people would argue that it's it's the Cooper side that you should be adding to. We we both, it sounds like, prefer Cooper, but yeah, they're, they're they're basically a toss-up. They're they're pretty much even in dynasty value at this point, which is really crazy. Again, after just three weeks, we talked about the changes. Cooper was the uh, not only my wide receiver three in my rankings, but he was the wide receiver three in our latest ADP over at DLF. So it it wasn't just me valuing him that highly. Yeah, and we both still think Cooper is a very very good football player. And oh yeah, just one little note about these two. These two came out of high school the same year, and I guess where they were the number one and number two ranked wide receivers in the you know for the the recruiting world too that year. Yeah, I remember they were both uh, big time recruits. I did not remember they mm-hmm. were one and two, but at this point, that's that's not very surprising. Next question, uh, back to Mixon as a topic. Greg wants to know, what do you do with the slower starting rookie running backs? He mentions Mixon and Christian McCaffrey. Well, Mixon certainly started slowly in those first two weeks, but a lot of that was uh, related to just how many touches he was seeing. And, And we can all agree that entire Cincinnati offense was a disaster in the first two weeks before they made the coaching change. And even after... One week, it looks like they've turned things around. Uh, Dalton looked a, a ton better against Green Bay 
and Mixon, as we already said, saw the majority of the touches in the backfield. So um, Mixon started slowly, but I'm not concerned about him. I'm, I'm certainly not trying to sell him. If anything, I'm, I'm trying to buy him, but it's probably too late for that as well. And I, I don't think McCaffrey has started slowly. I think McCaffrey is what uh, we probably should have expected him to be. He's catching a ton of passes, seeing a ton of targets out of the backfield, struggling to run between the tackles, as Evan Silva has noted. And that that really shouldn't surprise too many people. He, he wasn't going to come in and take the job completely away from Jonathan Stewart. And that offense is really ugly right now, and Cam looks lost or injured or out of sync or whatever. Um, I love McCaffrey as a player, but I've said on the show several times, I like him much more as a football player than as a fantasy player. And I think you said it perfectly about Mixon is I would still put offers in, but it sure would have been nice to acquire him a week or two ago. Yeah, and just just for some perspective, McCaffrey is the running back 16 after three weeks. Uh, Of course, most of that is uh, based on his uh, PPR stats, Uh, 18 catches for 173 yards, just 73 yards as a runner. Considering how bad they have looked, and Cam is obviously not right, whether it's uh, the injury and the surgery that he dealt with this offseason or something else, maybe some of the changes that they have made on offense. Considering how bad they've looked and Benjamin got hurt and Olsen is out, I think we have to kind of be encouraged that McCaffrey's even performing this well. Yeah, I mean, he is certainly getting targets. I don't know if Olsen's injury helps or hurts him. I think it probably helps him. And I do think they're trying to transform the offense. It's just an ugly work in progress. Um, But I just don't think he'll ever be a big touchdown producer. All right. One more uh, Mixon question. This one from Eric. What would Mixon have to do in the next handful of games to pass Hunt? And obviously Kareem Hunt was, was a big topic of our questions this week as well. We'll get to him soon. I mean, you can't say enough about how he has started uh, this season and started his career. I don't know that Mixon could really do anything feasible that that would bypass Hunt in the next month or so. I mean, I I guess if if Mixon puts up three or four games over the next three or four weeks that we've just seen from Hunt, then then that, that might do it but I'm not even sure, uh, you know, at that point we're ignoring what Hunt, how Hunt might play over the next month as well. I I put out a Twitter poll recently asking uh, just in Dynasty, who would be your top ranked rookie running back? And if you've ever seen those polls on Twitter or or done one yourself, there's, there can only be four options. So Hunt, Fournette, McCaffrey, and Cook were the four options. Mixon didn't even make the list, though a couple people chose him as a write-in option. That that poll got over um, over two thousand votes in twenty-four hours, and and Hunt wow. earned over sixty percent of the votes as as the favorite or top-valued rookie running back. So um, I don't see that Mixon or McCaffrey can can really do anything. I think. Fournette and and Cook are maybe closer as far as balancing out that closing in yeah on closing yeah. in on that value maybe they've they've both been impressive in their own right uh, but but right now it's all about Hunt yeah and I would still have Mixon ahead of McCaffrey I know it's not what we asked but and I could see this you know in the next month 
I could see Mixon averaging 110 total yards from scrimmage and a touchdown and being a true feature back and being a really, really good player. And that's exactly what he would have to do. But I just don't see Hunt falling off a cliff. You know, like Hunt would almost have to blow out his knee and Mixon do that for me to say I'd rather have Mixon. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I like Mixon's a better player. I mean, I love Mixon, but, I mean, that's a big gap right now. Hunt's just a madman. So I want to tell everybody about our buddies at Loot Crate. I have told you about them many times. They are wonderful friends of the podcast. Uh, They send you a crate every month, and they are fantastic. So be the envy of your friends and get 100% exclusive crates at lootcrate.com slash Dynasty Blueprint. And enter our code, Dynasty Blueprint, and you'll save a couple bucks off an already cheap subscription. October's Loot Crate theme is mythical, and I'll tell you more about that here in a moment. But if you're on a epic gear or a quest for epic gear, housewares, and collectibles, Loot Crate has it. It's the best surprise you know is coming. Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than 20 bucks a month and even cheaper with our code. If, you, if you're more of a fanatical fashionata, then try Loot Wear. Their monthly wearables and accessories with cult classics and your favorite franchises. Uh, if you want to get fancy, try a bigger box with even bigger loot in Loot Crate DX. And this is my favorite. If you want to geek out your pet, try Loot Pets. So this offer expires on October 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific, but don't worry, there'll be another theme after that. You hear the stories, the whispers of creatures and beings beyond imagination. Join us as we peer into the shadows and look into other realms for October's truly mythical collection. Get unreal items from Marvel, Ghostbusters, Stranger Things, great show, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. One lucky subscriber will also win a mega crate of seriously epic proportions. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, it's it. You're it's over. Just go to lootcrate.com slash Dynasty Blueprint. Enter our code Dynasty Blueprint, and you will save a couple bucks off an already cheap subscription. Matt, the next question comes from Ben, and uh, he's asking about another rising Dynasty player who's been really impressive. And in surprise fashion, what should I do with Chris Thompson? Sell at a possible peak value or hold him as an asset? So Chris Thompson is the running back three so far. Week one, he was the running back 13, I believe. And people called that a fluke because he uh, did that basically on limited touches and uh, scored a couple touchdowns, one touchdown, I believe. Week two, the same thing limited touches, scoring touchdowns, and finishing as a, as a running back one. And then uh, week one, I'm sorry, week three was really the topper when he caught six passes for 150 yards, added in 38 yards on the ground, and scored again. He's the running back three on the season. Uh, is he for real? Yes and no. I know the coaching staff has been enamored with him for a long time and has been very eager to get him in the game anytime they can. But I also know that they feel like they have to keep him on a pitch count, you know, that he can only handle X amount or they just think he's going to break down, you know, then so yes and no. I mean, he's not going away. He's going to catch passes. He'll create big plays. The offense is looking pretty good, but I don't know that he's ever going to be more than that. I, I guess I don't 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just don't know enough about football. But you see a guy performing like that on limited touches, and to me, you're you're kind of a middling team. You need as many weapons as you can get. Dotson's been hurt, and Reed is hurt, and P Ryan is hurt, and Kelly is hurt. It seems like you would just get this guy as many touches as he can handle, and and just see what would happen. Uh, but Jay Gruden and and these guys seem almost to the point of being stubborn that they're not going to give him more than, you know, more than 10 touches a game. And I think that's how it's always going to be. I really do. I mean, maybe because all those guys are banged up, maybe he has a little run here where he gets 12 to 15. But I think when everything's in operating as it should, that he's going to be a satellite player. You know I mean? Would you rather have him or Tariq Cohen? Oh, Cohen, for sure. Me too. Yeah. I think Cohen's handled a little more. Yeah. So I don't think you can just go out and, and buy Thompson for a second. I don't think it's that easy. Some some Thompson owners may be hesitant on that. But if if we assume that's the price point, are you buying or selling? Buying. In PPR for sure. I mean, I assume, in standard, no. But he's going to have a hard time scoring touchdowns too. I mean, it's hard to break 50 yarders in the NFL week after week. Yeah. And I'm still ta- I'm still talking about Thompson. Just to be clear, are you you're giving right? Yeah, right. you're giving a second rounder for Thompson. I think he's deserving of that. Yeah. Okay. Especially if I'm a pretty good team, and I don't think it's going to be two one. You know. Yeah. And again, that that may not may not be so easy. There's he's had three weeks inside the top thirteen. So if you're calling a running back one, the top twelve running backs, there have been three running backs this season. Uh, I'm sorry, two running backs this season who have been in that top 12 each week. Uh, Of course, Kareem Hunt and Todd Gurley, who we'll get to in a few minutes. Both of those guys have been top 12 all three games. Chris Thompson is is the only other guy that's close. He has two top 12 games, and then his third was uh, running back 13 in week one. So he's right behind those guys in that that, uh, fashion. Well, you certainly couldn't pick a worse time to make an offer for him, though, than now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Next question comes from Justin. Is it worth it to trade Shady McCoy for Ty Montgomery? He says he's thinking of getting out from under Shady and getting younger. How are you valuing those two guys right now? I don't think they're any anywhere close. I would much rather have Montgomery for Dynasty. Yeah, I would agree. I think Shady's kind of trending down. Um, the Bills have played a a lot better than I expected, uh, but it's not really it, – it has almost nothing to do with their offense. McCoy – I don't trust them to stay good. Right. McCoy has done uh, – he had a he had a really a pretty bad week two and three. Uh, he got saved a little bit with his PPR production, getting some catches out of the backfield, but his rushing yardage, yardage has been bad. When you factor in the age, the offense, I'd I'd really easily prefer Ty Montgomery. I don't I don't think it's close either. Yeah, I don't think it's close. Matt, another popular uh, topic was Isaiah Crowell, who has been struggling in his own right. Nathan says, "Is it time to start Duke Johnson over Isaiah Crowell in a half PPR league?" So uh, through three weeks. Ooh. Yeah, that, that one's close. Through three weeks, Isaiah Crowell is the RB41. Duke Johnson is the RB31. 
18. So Johnson has been, uh, of course, getting most of the catches out of the backfield. He's and he's lined up as a receiver also. In fact, week one, uh, as everyone probably knows by now, he didn't take a single snap from the backfield and people were clamoring to uh, change his position designation to a wide receiver. But he's still running back, still playing the majority of his snaps from the backfield over the past two weeks. And, and he's, he's playing well. He's scoring from there. I don't know if you're talking about just starting on a weekly basis. I don't know that I feel confident with either one of those guys, but if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with Duke Johnson. What about you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I thought Cleveland would be more respectable and be able to stay in games, control some action on the ground. The line hasn't been as good as expected and therefore Crowell's just kind of been forgotten. And therefore the receiving back is not. And Coleman's hurt and they need pass catchers any way they can get them. So it's kind of like a Terry Cohen situation too, where they have nobody else to throw to. So they throw to Duke. He's a historically bad touchdown producer though. (laughs) You know I mean? I'm not sure that's going to change, but I think he's going to catch a lot of passes. Yeah, he did. uh, He did get into, into the end zone in week three that I don't know, that might be his only one of the year. You never know. Um, That's how it always is with them. Yeah. Yeah. Next question. Another Crowell question uh, from Kyle. What are you doing as a Crowell owner? Is there long-term value still, or might they draft a running back early next year? Well, he's a free agent after the year. Yeah. So yeah, he's a free agent. Uh, There were rumors that they would draft a running back this past season in what was obviously viewed as a strong running back class. Uh, And then right before the draft, there were even some trade rumors that uh, teams were calling the Browns to see if they might be willing to move Crowell. When neither of those things happened, they, uh, they obviously didn't trade him. They didn't spend an early pick on a running back. They did take uh, Matthew days late in the draft. Uh, but once that happened, Crowell's value just started to steadily increase. And he ended up, I think in that uh, third or fourth round range in redraft leagues. Uh, and mm-hmm. even earlier. Wow. Yeah. That's, that, that's got to be disappointing. Uh, what do you think? Long-term value. Does he, does he stay in Cleveland? I can't really see them giving him a big contract. Yeah, I'm just sitting there thinking if I'm the Browns and I've got so many picks next year. I mean, you're both the Houston's first and second rounders. And let's say, I mean, here's the first thing. I mean, again, I have no inclination that this is going to happen. But if a running back gets hurt or if the Eagles called you right now and said, would you trade us Crowell? Sure. I mean, like. I, I could see, and Hyde's the other one like that too. Like they're free agents after the year. Hyde's really looking really good, but um, maybe a running back starved team might come calling if you're the Ravens or the Eagles or somebody like that. I'm guessing. I mean, it, it could happen. And if you had plans on letting him walk anyway, then yeah, give me a fourth round pick for him or whatever. But if I'm the Browns, and this is really looking forward, but if I like Kaiser, you know, if, if, if I'm really happy with this kid, I think he's going to be our quarterback. Well, then I'm going to let Crowell go, and I'm going to draft Barkley. I'm going to draft Geis. You know, like, I'm going to go big. Wow, that's uh, man, that's, that's a lot to take in, but you, I think you make a good point, especially with the Browns 
just having so many picks, it it looks like 2018 will be another strong running back class headlined by the two guys you just mentioned who are both expected to be uh, top 10 or 15 overall picks at worst. And the Browns will certainly be sitting with at least one pick in that range and maybe even more. So it, it, it does kind of make sense that they could just continue to build that offense. If Kaiser continues to grow and play well, then yeah, they could shy away from quarterback and, and spend those picks on other positions, including running back. Or they could draft the quarterback and use their early second round pick on whoever the third running back in the draft is or whatever. Yeah. Next question comes from Craig. How are the experts, the quote unquote experts, uh, Craig says, how are the experts so wrong on Kareem Hunt? I don't know that they were. I mean, it was a really good running back class. I think if he comes out most years, he's a second round pick instead of a third. You know what I mean? In the real world. Right. But I don't know that the, I mean, I don't know that the experts were wrong. If you're talking about team decision makers, you know, general managers and, and executives, I, I wouldn't say they were wrong, even though he did fall to the middle of, or I guess to the, really to the end of day two, I wouldn't say the, draft analysts were necessarily wrong on on him. I could see putting that on fantasy writers though. I mean when when you look back bit, yeah. when you look back at what we knew, I still don't think you can make a case that he should should have been drafted ahead of Fournette or Mixon or Cook or any of those guys. But we knew we knew what Andy Reid running backs ha- have done over the years. Uh, and and people like to say, yeah, but he had Charles and he had McCoy and and he had Brian Westbrook. But you know, he he also had a big part in all of those guys succeeding, thanks to you know, thanks to his coaching and his schemes and so forth. So that's it's not a coincidence that he coached all of those guys. It wasn't like Westbrook or Staley. It was you know came in the league as a top ten pick or anything right, either. Right. I mean, Westbrook didn't even play D one football. We know Hunt is valued as a day two pick. We know he's now in this Andy Reid offense. We know Spencer Ware is not anything special. Yet Hunt, before the Ware injury, was still a late first rounder or an early second rounder. So I think, and I don't know which experts Craig is referring to here, though, I don't think the NFL got it wrong. I don't think draft analysts got it wrong. I do think myself and and fantasy writers or analysts got it wrong though, because you look at him and yeah, he should have been going in the middle of the first round at, at the latest. Yeah. And even like from a redraft perspective. So, you know, I'm in this buddy with my, I'm in this league with all my high school buddies and my buddy, AJ had the first pick in the draft takes David Johnson and then waits and on the turn takes Kareem Hunt and is winning the league. Yeah. I mean, you know, he lost the first overall pick of the draft and he's winning the league right now. And I mean, Hunt's that big a deal right now. And I, the one thing I don't think he'll keep up, he, I don't think he's going to bust the long ones. You know, he has, and almost every week he's busted a 50 yarder or something. I don't think that part keeps up, but he's going to rush for 1500 yards or, you know, 1800 combined or something like that. 
and a dozen touchdowns easily. I think he has a dozen touchdowns already, right? <laughs> right. It, it, it like, does. Yeah. It, it does feel like that. Next question, another Kareem Hunt question from Ming. What's Kareem Hunt worth? Short and simple. And he he says, is he worth two first rounders? Where does he belong among dynasty running backs in a PPR league? Obviously in the top seven, but where? How many would you rather have than Hunt? Uh, Let me just throw some names at you. Gurley. No. You'd rather have Hunt? Yeah. So I, I think the top tier is still the same. I think the top tier is still top three. The the top three. Yeah. I think I think the top three is still Zeke, Bell, and um and, and DJ, hey, you know, in in whatever order that you want to yeah. argue those three. Beyond that, it's that huge second tier that includes all these rookies and it includes Freeman and Gordon and Gurley and I mean, I, I think we could do an hour show every week on how to rank those seven or eight or nine running backs. And, and I don't know that we would ever get anywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you're wrong. If you rank him as high as four though, I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy considering where we thought of him just a month ago and nobody was down on him, but I remember thinking, boy, I'd rather P Ryan in my rookie draft or, you know, I'd rather Mike Williams in my rookie draft. Yeah. Um, I guess here's my question to you. I have Zeke and you have Hunt and you're going to give me a little juice to get take Zeke off my hands. What are you willing to give? Not much. I've seen since the David Johnson injury, I've seen a lot of Hunt and first rounder for, for DJ trades. I mean, I, I feel like I've seen hmm, five okay. or six of that that exact same trade. I don't know. I don't know that you can give a first, you know, I don't know that there's a first rounder difference between the first tier and the, the top of the second tier. Yeah. DJ's hurt and Elliot still might get suspended and you know, they're not as squeaky clean as they were two months ago. And, and bell is certainly certainly not off to a very good start. Any, any insight on that? Is he just rusty? Uh, we've never seen that from him, even though he's he's missed camp and missed things like that before. Uh, but maybe maybe that's what it is this year. No, I I don't really blame him. I think his blocking's been worse. Um, I still think he's moving well. He got a lot more touches the last couple weeks. I think he'll be fine. But that whole offense is being hurt by Roethlisberger right now, and yeah. Roethlisberger's not playing well. Yeah. And back to Ming's question really quickly before we move on. He says, is he worth two first rounders? Uh, We've got an awesome tool over at DLF, the Dynasty Trade Finder. You can uh, search for any player and it searches uh, actual Dynasty Leagues run on my fantasy league for recent trades. Uh, The most recent involving Kareem Hunt, at least the last time I looked, was Kareem Hunt for five first round picks. (laughs) <laughs> if you can get five, I, can't give that for, I wouldn't give you that for Jim Brown. No, I can't give you that for a running back. If you can get five, you got to take it. But other than that, I, I think he's worth. I'd take three. I think he's worth more than two, though. What if I give you a Mari and a one? Yeah, I'm taking that. I figured you would. Yeah, <laughs> I'm probably biased. <laughs> probably biased on that one, though. Matt, we're running out of time. Uh, we're whatever. we're going yeah. to. Uh, Try to try to run through a bunch of these in, in a little bit of a speed round. Eric says, name your favorite taxi squad player to stash. If he's talking 
actual NFL taxi squad, then mine is probably still Jonathan Williams on the Denver taxi squad. What about you? Hmm. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I was going to say Mac Hollins. I know he's not on a taxi squad, but he's not, it's not his turn yet, but I think he has a chance to be a starter next year. Yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, I like Switzer in Dallas too. I'm trying to hang on to him in, uh, in a few mm-hmm. leagues that I have him. Andy says, who are your buy high players? Conversely, sell low players. A little bit of a different take on that question. Uh, buying high, their value is rising, but you're still willing to invest. Anybody in mind? Uh, the rookie running backs besides McCaffrey. Okay. I mean, I'm buying, I'm still buying Mixon. I'm buying Fournette. Cook. Yep. I had Mixon on my list. Tariq Cohen is on my list. Stefan Diggs is on my list. I think all those guys are here to stay. Value is climbing, but I'm still buying. Uh, he also wants to know what about sell low? For me, it's uh, Crowell, the guy we've already talked about. Terrell Pryor, I'm worried about. Dante Moncrief, I'm worried about. I'm getting out from under those guys if I can. Yeah, I guess. But I would probably take each one of those guys off your hands for the right price. You know, luck's coming back. Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't so good even with luck. Touchdown dependent. No, I know. I know. Yeah. You're right. Marauder says I'm with Matt as a John Brown fan, but right now, what is he worth? Not much. Yeah, man. You got to be worried if you're a John Brown fan, a John Brown dynasty owner. He's uh, right. Uh, he he can't stay on the field. He can't stay healthy. Um, if I can get a second rounder, I'm taking it and and running, running with it. Yes. I don't know that I'd give him up for third at this moment, but I'm running for, with the second, like you said. Yeah. I hate to say it, you know, but I just think I was wrong on him. Yeah, and back to those, um, some of those rookie wide receivers who have not done anything yet. If you still believe in those guys, if you can flip Brown for Godwin, Taewon, Taylor, I would do that as well. I like I like the question from Rockfish. The, the only question is Corey Clement. Uh, that that's all he says. So uh, the Eagles' backfield was already kind of a mess. They've lost Darren Sproles for the season with the uh, the crazy ACL and broken wrist on the same play. So uh, we'll see some Clement there. We'll see Legarrette Blunt still, and we will see Wendell Smallwood. I kind of just think all those guys are going to cancel each other out. Um, Smallwood and Blunt are probably on a dynasty roster already. Clement probably is not. So if he's free, I'm grabbing him to see what happens, but I don't have big expectations there. Yeah, Smallwood's the only one that I would have some interest in. Um, I think they're going to throw more. And just, you know, big picture, uh, I could see Sproles never playing again. Yeah, well, he he had already talked about retiring and – uh, he's 30, I don't even know what, 33 maybe, uh, with a, a pair of serious injuries to rehab and recover uh-huh. from at the same time. It, it certainly, heck, heck of a career. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, not, not worth a roster spot in Dynasty at this point. Pentecostal Mafia. This sounds, sounds like a scary hmm. dude. Uh, what is Gurley's long-term value? If he finishes top three, I could trade him for the number one overall pick. Saquon Barkley. So the thing I was thinking about with Gurley is his terrible 2016 season. Everybody seemed to hate him and just wanted no part of him. He was still a second round dynasty startup pick. He was still a late second rounder, even after 2016. So the way I think he was an RB two in 2016. Right, right. 
So it wasn't pretty, but the way he's performing this year, um, of course, all the talk has been about Kareem Hunt, uh, but Gurley is uh, only about 10 fantasy points behind him. So he's, he's right there. He's obviously playing uh, the best, the best football of his short career that we've seen so far. So long-term value. I think he goes right back into that late first round range when we uh, do some DLF mock drafts in October. And if he continues this, this high level of play, if he finishes as a, as an RB one, especially as an upper level RB one, as, as the, the, the Pentecostal mafia mentions, then I think he's, he's viewed as a, as a first round dynasty startup pick most likely. So yeah, I mean, I'm probably still taking Barkley, but you have to acknowledge that there's some risk with that move too. Yeah, and Barkley's what three or four years younger. Right, that's obviously appealing, you know, especially for running backs. If it was a wide receiver, it wouldn't phase me much. But you'd mentioned before, you know, you you feel like there's a top three running backs in their own tier, but I think the gap is smaller now between the first tier and the second tier overall. And the more I think about it. I think Gurley's the top of my second tier. I mean, over Mixon, Cook, Hunt, Fournette, he's a super talent. I mean, this guy was the eighth pick in the draft or something, and he looks at it, and he's receiving now, and the situation's really good. You know, the thing about Barkley is I don't know what team he's going to be on. Yeah, I, I think that that tier gap between the three and and the next group is really makes for a good topic. And with mm-hmm. Zeke's... All- I could argue that there's not even a gap, that they all should be on the same tier now. Right, that's exactly what I was going to say. Between Zeke's oh, off-field stuff and Bell's slow start and the the Johnson injury, you could argue the top tier should be 10 deep now with, with Freeman and the, uh-huh. the five rookies uh, or or at least, at least three of the rookies if you want to leave out... Um, if you want to leave out McCaffrey and Mixon for now, um, but yeah, Gordon and Freeman and Gurley, it's a pretty good group. It, it's a good group of running backs. <clears throat> next question from go ahead. I'm sorry. Next question comes from Eric. He says, what are your thoughts on acquiring too many shares of a high end player? Uh, do you prefer to d- diversify studs or load up on a player you believe in? So if you're in, playing in multiple dynasty leagues, I mean, I don't, uh, honestly, that's, load up. yeah, that's not a big part of my strategy. Never I, think about I, I don't really overthink that. If I can get a stud, if I can get a player who I think will turn into a stud, uh, I'm doing it and, and not worrying about if I own that player everywhere. Um, so not at all. Yeah. I don't care. I want, I want the guys I want. Yep. And I want as many shares as I can get. Exactly. Uh, next one. Mark says he's three and O, but he feels like he has a me- mediocre roster. Uh, a lot of his players getting injured. He does have Kareem hunt, which is probably why he's three and O. What do you do? Do you ride it out? Do you try to improve trade for veterans or do you sell some players and pack it in even as an undefeated team? Uh, that, <laughs> That's a tough call for sure. What what are you doing with that situation, Matt? He he's three and I'm keeping Hunt. <laughs> yeah. yeah so you know. I, I think at that point you have to consider 
how many wins is it? How many points are you scoring? Right. How many points are you scoring for sure? But how many wins is it going to take to get into your playoffs? In some of my leagues where half the league makes the playoffs, so six in, six out, for example, uh, a lot of times seven regular season wins is enough. So if you're three weeks in and you've got you've got three already, you kind of have to feel like you can get four more over the next 10 weeks or so. And then you, I think you just have to play it out. So if you can grab some cheap depth and, and try to make a run, that's what I would probably do. Yeah, but not at the cost of, boy, I've accumulated Corey Davis and I'm going to trade him for Fitzgerald. You know, like I can't go all in and I have this great foundation that I built of guys that are going to be good just because I think I'm three and oh and, and so I'm not going to be that aggressive. No, no, I, I agree. Don't, uh, don't ship off first rounders. Don't ship off players. You've just taken in the first round, like Corey Davis right. or somebody like that. But um, yeah, if you can trade second or third rounders, or if you can trade the Godwins or the Taylors that we keep coming back to for uh, Fitzgerald or Garcon or CJ Anderson, then yeah, make a move, get four or five more wins and see what happens in the playoffs. Uh, last one, last question comes from John. When trying to trade, how do you value upside versus proven production? Uh, his example is a contending team trades Sammy Watkins straight up for Jordy. Is that an even deal? I don't think that's an even deal. I, I would still prefer Sammy. Um, mm-hmm. pretty easily, uh, obviously only due to age. Jordy's a, a certainly a reliable producer, but he's, he's got five or six years on Sammy Watkins, maybe more than that. So no, I don't really see that as even, uh, not, not a trade I would make if I do want to sell Sammy Watkins for, uh, somebody I trust more this season than I'm aiming higher. You know, I'm I'm looking at AJ Green, Julio Jones, even if I have to add a little bit to Sammy. Yeah, good point. I was thinking I wouldn't do Watkins for Jordy, no matter what my team construction was. Um, but what if you threw me? I need a quarterback, and you throw me, you know, somebody that's an every week starter, or give me a, an older running back that you don't want anymore either that I can start. Or you know, Larry Fitzgerald's probably not a good enough example, but. Um, some other piece that I can start every week, maybe I would consider it if I think that I'm going to make money this year. Maybe, but it would take a lot. Yeah, like like you mentioned with the last question, you don't want to you don't want to sacrifice your future. You don't want to sacrifice what you have built to make that one run. But in that way, we're only talking about the, those top tier guys: Sammy Watkins, Corey Davis, uh, future first rounders. I'm hanging on to those assets a little tighter than I would second or third rounders or uh, young players that were drafted in that range. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So many great questions. I think we got to almost all of them. If we didn't, our apologies. We'll try to get to those on Twitter and we'll be back next week with more dynasty blueprint. Blueprint.